Welcome to the You Collective podcast. You Collective is an open platform democratizing the voice of individuals with achievement and impact, and providing a window into these pathmakers and their evolving journey. Today with us is Jonathan Son. Jonathan, thanks for joining us as a pathmaker. My pleasure. So, tell us a little bit about what you do today、uh, as a youth、um, minister. Well, I serve as the director of youth ministries at Columbia Presbyterian Church in Columbia, Maryland, my hometown. I coordinate、uh, middle school and high school ministries together, and I lead and guide young kids to、uh, a, a greater purpose and a greater calling in life. And how did you get into this profession? Yeah, it's, it started off really my journey throughout high school,、uh, living in, I guess, middle class suburbia. For me, the appeal of Going to college, making as much money as I can, and then just sort of living was wasn't really all that appealing to me. I, I wanted to do something that was had had a greater purpose and a greater call. So I initially went into school to do music education.、Uh, I wanted to be Jonathan Song, Mr. Song, the band teacher, teaching band. I thought it fit quite cleverly. And as I began teaching in the mid- music education department, and I sort of realized that. Uh, my passion was with the church. My passion was with serving the church. My passion was discipling young kids to to know Jesus Christ more and to be able to help them and guide them along and lead them along.、Uh, that's what sort of gravitated me to head over to a life of ministry. So about five years ago, when the recession hit, quit my job, much to the I guess horror of my parents at the time, and、uh, I entered into seminary school and got my master's of divinity and recently graduated last May. And along that time, I got to serve alongside in the church and、uh, got to serve kids from all different kinds of backgrounds, particularly in the Korean American background for the last five years, and now in a more、uh, multi multi ethnic setting. That's great. So tell us a little bit about. Your day as the head of、uh, youth ministry and working in a fairly large community、uh, in Maryland. What do you do on daily basis? My day looks very different each day, and that's one of the more exciting parts of the job. Sometimes I'll be meeting with families. Sometimes I'll be meeting with students individually, one on one, hearing their problems, counseling them, guiding them through. Some days I'm helping out and serving in the local communities.、Uh, that means things like homeless shelters or or branching out and branching out to other neighbors. So the day is usually packed with people and interacting with people, connecting with people, and really developing relationships both within the church and also with the local community in a way that will. Uh, edify and grow the the community at large. Were there learnings from when you were in high school, interests that you had, and your experience as a, a teacher、uh, prior to your current role that are helping you along this journey today? Well, in high school, I was really into the creative arts. I, I loved music. I, I think I had about seven music classes my senior year of high school. I just loved being involved in. The work and the creative work in community together, and so that process, the creative process of starting from nothing and having a finished product that that a bunch of people contributed into, was always attractive to me. And that's that's really what drew me into the to the role of teacher and being a band teacher was was the idea of of now inspiring young kids to realize that they are more than just the the 
the weight of themselves. They, they, they belong to a larger body. They belong to a larger community as a whole. And so that, that experience of having been through the creative process in community, then teaching that has really served me well as a pastor here because I think when most people think about church, they think of it in many, like a sort of an informational kind of a category. They don't realize it as, as being a part of a larger community and contributing to the larger community in a way that uh, is both uplifting and inspiring. And if you look at the environment today where there it's a lot of media, lots of social media, everybody's on phones, everybody's busy, even for uh, the younger generation, how do you cultivate that sense of community and how do you instill leadership and commitment and community service in the youth that you work with? Well, I think one of the biggest mischaracterizations of what we, I guess people are calling now the millennial generation is that they are self-absorbed. They only care about what's happening on their phones. And actually, when you look at the other side of that phone, what's on the other end of that phone, it's, it's a community. It's, it's a virtual community. And so I think rather than, I guess, mischaracterizing them, I've worked with them on that, using things like social platforms, social media to help them contribute to the larger goal and purpose that looks beyond themselves. And, and when you, when you find kids that are quote unquote self-absorbed or maybe just love their phone and love, you know, taking selfies and things like that, um, it's very easy to make the connection from what's happening on their phone towards, uh, something that's happening within the community on their phone. And once you make that connection with them and they start realizing that, Hey, I'm a part of a global uh, community. I'm a part of a global uh, network that that can change things and that can that can be a part of a revolution of of ideas and can inspire and can even solve problems on a global scale. Once you make that connection with them, suddenly uh, the phone doesn't become an enemy. It becomes really a tool uh, that you can use to uh, help them um, not only find their own personal identity but use that to make a greater impact on the world. So you find ways to relate to the youth today and empower them. And so let's talk about your transition into your current role. I mean, at what time, when you went into your uh, master's education um, in, in divinity, did you know that you want to work with youth and become a youth minister and now leading a lot of the initiatives uh, in, in that community? I believe in education. I believe education is a powerful thing where you can take potential and when cultivated right, really can, can see amazing results, not only in kids, and, but also in the impact that it has and, and the, the way that it can change people. So I, I, I've strongly believed in education ever since I started. Uh, five years ago, when I decided to uh, transition from my music job to pastoral college, I mean, it was, it was uncertain what the future would really look like. My, my bank account had maybe about four or $5,000 left in it. Um, I was worried about how I was going to pay for school. I was worried about um, whether there'd be a position open and available for me. But um, I strongly felt that this was a calling, um, you know, more than just a calling of, of, of an inward call, but also an outward call, both from friends and um, really from God. And, and that, that calling 
extended itself into me to trust and believe that this was what I was supposed to be doing. This is what I was wanted to do. I wanted to educate uh, in, in a pastoral role, and I wanted to be involved with youth and young people, and that's 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 what drove me through and helped me to get through my education, a seminary, some some tough financial times, and and I'm able to come out on the other side of it and say that uh, this, it's been one of the most rewarding journeys over the last five years uh, to experience. And how do you teach youth about leadership? What do you uh, tell them uh, on a daily basis when they come to you? And you want to empower them to be leaders of themselves and of their own communities. Yeah. So actually, I was having a conversation with this with uh, my one of my mentors here at, at the church. And leadership structures have changed a lot in the last twenty years. I mean, in the eighties and nineties, it was more about having a leader who was incredibly charismatic, very sort of personality driven on himself, and kind of a strong. Uh, almost kind of like dictatorial leader that that could uh, motivate and inspire. And nowadays what you see right now is a more collaborative, community-based kind of a leadership, which in my opinion I think is is pretty biblical. I think uh, when you look at leadership as it's defined in Scripture, you see it as defined as more of a servant kind of an attitude, working underneath and, and helping to push people forward rather than leading up front. And so when I tell young kids when – whenever they get into a leadership role and position, is that your job is to serve. Your job through this leadership position, through the authority and the power that you've been given, is to serve the people well and to serve them in a loving fashion. And when you serve people like that as a leader, it inspires them to do the same. And so rather than having a personality-driven type of leadership where if that personality leaves – or if that personality doesn't want to be involved in that group or the whole organization crumbles, if you have a leader that's a servant-based model, regardless of now if that leader decides to move on or if that leader decides to uh, you know, kind of abandon or whatever, guess what? The community stays the same. Why? Because that leader has poured into that community in a way where the culture has shifted and the culture has changed and that it doesn't matter on the personality that's there. That's great. And, and, you know, I think we can say that you're practicing that as an example for them, um, as exemplar. So in your community, um, how many youth are you serving or are you talking to and um, acting as mentors uh, to, to the kids? Well, in our community right now, we've got about roughly 80 kids on our roster that we minister to on a regular basis through Sunday night activities, Thursday night activities, and also Friday night activities. At the old church where I was at for the last 23 years, uh, before I got into Columbia Press, it was about anywhere from around 120 to 140 Korean-American students. So I still keep in touch with a lot of those students in the area. Uh, my old church was not too far away from here, about a 10-minute drive, and so... Um, I really I try and keep myself available to to any and all students that might, might need counsel or might need training or just might need a word of encouragement. Just need an, an older figure to to be in their life as a mentor or a friend. That's great. So looking at your path from music teacher to uh, running youth ministry in a diverse community, for other pathmakers out there where they're trying to decide what to do next or, um, or they want to explore a new opportunity leveraging their 
interests and their passion. What would you tell them? Mm. I think too many people will get caught up in the reasons why they shouldn't pursue their passion. Used to a particular lifestyle and have gotten very comfortable in it, and they're scared to sort of relinquish that comfort, or they are just not confident that they have the ability to carry out their passions. And so,、um, you know, when I was making the transition from being a music teacher to going into seminary, one of the best pieces of advice that I got was actually the vice principal of the elementary school I was at, and he mentioned. To me, John, look. If you, this is something that you're thinking about considering, go all the way with it because you will find that you will get more opportunities than someone who is pursuing the, their calling only half the time. You will find more doors to be open to you than someone who's just、uh, trying to have one foot in one life and one foot in the life of their their dreams or their calling. And that was the best piece of advice that I ever gotten because while I was abandoning many securities,、uh, leaving. The music teacher position, Howard County Public Schools, is one of the best public school systems in America. One of the best benefit packages that they provide to their teachers, and 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 to put that all aside was was a difficult choice. But when I realized that I could now be fully immersed in both my education, at, in my Master of Divinity, but also be completely open. To the opportunities that came my way, either through speaking engagements, either through leadership training opportunities, or or just even having more time to spend with the kids and that I was ministering to,、uh, th- that opened up so many possibilities where I can fully say that I would not be in the position that I am right now had I not taken that leap. And so, I, what I'm not suggesting is that for someone not to have a backup plan because I did. I'm not suggesting that. Someone pursued their calling blindly.、Um, I think you need a lot of people in your life to be able to t- to say to you, you know what, this is possible. You can do this. And even though you'd be leaving things behind, we're here to support you. And that was really what gave me the strength to keep on going. Jonathan, thank you so much for the powerful story and the insights, and thank you so much for everything you're doing in in the community. And、um, we look forward to hearing more of your uh, impact uh, in the future. So thank you. Ah, thank you so much. I appreciate it.